0: Welcome to the Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast, covering agriculture and all things related in East Carroll, Madison, Tinsall, Concordia, and Catahoula Parishes. All right. Hello, everyone, and thanks again for listening to another episode of our podcast. Um, Today, we have two special guests with us. Um, I guess let's start with that. So uh, today we have Jason Holmes and Dr. Ashley Edwards. And uh, I want to begin by letting the two of y'all introduce yourself, and uh, I guess we'll go ladies first. Ashley, tell us about yourself.
1: All right, thank you, Kylie. Um, so thank y'all for having me today. Um, as you said, I'm Ashley Edwards, and I am an Extension Beef Cattle Specialist for the LSU Ag Center, and primarily housed out of the Dean Lee Research Station and the Hill Farm Research Station, um, but I live in Farmerville, so I'm there in Union Parish, so I'm with Jason and, and kind of all over the state.
2: And this beef kettle specialist for you is a kind of a new position, isn't it, Ashley?
1: Yes, sir, it is. So uh, I joined the Ag Center um, in December of 2019 as, um, uh, as a regional odd um, stock agent and helping coordinate. I was working with Jason, uh, Lee Falk in the Northwest region, and Vince Desitel in the Central region. And then in January, moved over into the, the state specialist position.
2: Okay, well congratulations on yeah. that.
0: Thank you. Mm-hmm,
2: very good. But you never have been to Tinsall Parish. Our cow herd is suffering here in Tinsall Parish.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can I can make a trip over there. I really can.
2: But Jason. I'll round, up some, I'll round up some cows so we'll have something for you to look at when you come.
0: <laughs> Just a couple oh, of okay. words. I'll be there. If if Dennis is playing with cows, I need to come watch that.
2: (laughs) I'm going to sit in the truck. Oh,
0: goodness. All right, Jason, I guess it's your turn now.
3: So, as RL said, I have been to Tinsall Parish. So, my (laughs) name is Jason Holmes. I'm a regional livestock specialist uh, for Northeast Louisiana, uh, home based out of Union Parish here in Farmerville uh but spend a lot of my time traveling between here and the Mississippi River, uh down towards Kylie's part of the world and, and back up on a diagonal. So um I'm I haven't been quite working for the Ag Center quite as long as RL has, but uh, I've got <laughs> uh we'll just say uh as close to twenty five years as I can get with the Ag Center. Uh I've I came up through the ranks, uh started as a four H agent over in claiborne parish and then i just started moving around trying to move myself up in the world from there i've uh, worked several different parishes been an area agent and uh landed in the role of a regional livestock specialist in 2014 and i've uh, been doing that ever since um also serve as the uh district livestock show manager for the northeast district livestock show over in delhi happy to be with y'all today and appreciate y'all asking us to be a part of it
2: Yes sir. Yeah. I got to give Jason a little plug here for as the the first year he took over as the District Livestock Show Manager was the covid and it was a learning experience for him and all of us working through that but with his leadership we got through it without a hitch and done really good Jason. Mhm. It, it was a, was a team it was did.
3: a team effort. That's right. Yes. So uh, Dr. Edwards served as a uh, uh, co-manager, and uh, it was it was a team effort. I I, I can't take all of that credit because all the agents and all the families and volunteers pitching in it it uh, it it worked out. Uh, but I'm going to tell you there was some sleepless nights easing up to that. I bet
2: it was, but it went off as smooth as I've ever seen one go.
0: Yeah, and no. I'm
2: sure there were some little things behind the scenes that I didn't know about, but from the from my perspective, it went off good.
0: All right. Well, let's get into some stuff. Um, I also want uh, to, two before we get, I guess, into some topics, um, I wanted y'all to talk, kind of talk about some of the programs that y'all are running. Um, I know y'all also have a podcast, a YouTube channel, um, and y'all do a webinar series. Um, I want y'all to tell us a little bit about that um, in case anyone listen, listening wants to kind of reach out to y'all or or I guess tell us where we can find you so we can find you there and then also I know y'all have some events coming up I know y'all have master cattleman class coming up um, and stuff like that so I'll let y'all kind of tell tell our people about what what y'all have got coming up
3: so Ashley if you want to talk about beef brunch first and uh uh, some of your programs I'll go after you
1: okay that sounds good so yes um thank y'all for letting us uh, do a plug for all of our stuff so um, as I mentioned a while ago, I started in December of 2019 with the Ag Center. I was at Louisiana Tech as a professor before that. But I picked the right time, I guess, to change jobs because <laughs> I thought I was getting settled in and then COVID hit. And um, it, was, it was a little chaotic. But um, as Kylie just said, we have a Beef Brunch educational series. And I really give, I give all the credit for the idea of that to both Jason and to Lee. Um, and so what it consists of are biweekly news updates. Um, So every other Tuesday at 1030, we send out um, we do it in podcasts and in YouTube form. Um, The only thing about YouTube is you get to see our faces if you if you want to look at us. Um, But we do about 30 minutes where Lee, Jason and Vince do regional updates um, for north and central Louisiana. Um, Anything that might be going on, some production type. Uh, considerations that we think that you should be making with your herd. Jason does a wonderful uh, market update for us each time, talks about, um, you know, cattle prices and feedstuff prices and all of those things, which kind of kind of rough right now. Um, <laughs> we don't want to hear all those numbers exactly right now, but um, I guess that, that kind of brings in the, the realistic portion of the news update. I mean, we're, we're open and honest and blunt with y'all, and um, Jason always says that he's a glass half full and I'm glad one of us on there is <laughs> because we need a little <laughs> optimism in there uh, occasionally and then the other component of beef brunch are uh, monthly webinars so the second Tuesday of every month we have uh, a webinar that goes live at 10 30 a.m so producers are able to join in and um, they can call in or they can watch it live and listen into to that ask questions as part of that but we also record them and get those posted to um, our website and our YouTube channel. So if you go to lsuagcenter.com um, forward slash uh, beef cattle, then you can see all of our beef cattle programs and all of that information. Or if you do lsuagcenter.com forward slash beef brunch, that will take you specifically to our beef brunch series. Um, and I don't know that I've updated it this week. Actually, now that I think about it, um, I've been out of the office and been in a lot of meetings. Um, but I usually get that part updated. Where I would really send you, and the probably more reliable, more updated, would be our YouTube channel. Um, so if you just go to YouTube and do LSU Ag Center um, dash livestock, LSU Ag Center dash livestock, and that will take you to. Um, you'll see we've got several videos, several playlists on there. Um, some old field days, some heifer selection videos. But um, we always put our recent Beef Brunch videos on there. And then on pretty much every podcast platform that we can find, um, again, LSG Ag Center um, Beef Brunch educational series for the podcasts. And I'll let Jason talk a little bit more about our programs and upcoming events. Okay, very good.
3: So I guess we'll start with the one that's, uh, that's taking place right now so I started last Monday that would be uh, March the 7th of uh, a, a master cattleman class so we do those regionally um, and so based on the LSU ag center regions that's uh, how those are hosted there is a uh, coordinator in each one of those regions so myself is the coordinator for uh, the northeast region we rotate those around we did the uh, we actually did a fit get to finish a class last year, so we started up on March of twenty twenty one. I got in two classes and they shut us down and uh, we stayed shut down for a month or so month or so, got uh, got cranked back up in May in a hybrid format. I learned more about Microsoft Teams than I thought I would ever learn about Microsoft <laughs> Teams trying to do that. Uh, yeah. But um, uh, we got it done. Uh, we got another class that we just started, like I said, in West Monroe um, on each Monday night. So if you're not familiar with the, uh, the Master Cattleman program, it is a 10-week course, um, uh, three hours each night. Some regions uh, do those classes every other week. Some of them do one class each month. Uh, But however that coordinator decides to do the class is up to them, but it is a 10 course, uh, 10 classes in the course. And they are three hours each and they cover everything from pasture agronomy to uh, ruminant nutrition uh, to economics and marketing and everything in between. Uh, It's a uh, it's a very detailed course. um, And. I guess as a spinoff of that, uh, so Doctor Edwards just finished up a beginner cattamon class that was a brainchild of Lee Fawkes, my counterparts over in Northwest Louisiana. Um, we realized that we were missing some of our clientele with the master cattamon program because it was too detailed in <laughs> information. So um, we, um, we went back to a more grassroots, or not grassroots, but uh, Elementary approach to beef cattle production, uh, nice. taking out a lot of the assumptions that we um, we think people ought to already know about beef cattle production and forage management and those kind of things. So um, it it really helped us reach some of those folks that are just getting started and never had the opportunity to raise beef cattle before, and it, it's been a really good program. Um, I guess the other plug that I'll put in uh, so Dr Edwards myself and Lee Falk uh, conduct a uh, producer AI school uh, over at the hill farm research station in Homer so that is the nearest herd to us that we have that is a state-owned herd that we have control over in terms of keeping cattle um, in the stage of production that we need them in to uh, conduct some of these classes so we do an AI class in the spring and then we do a palpation class in the fall. Uh, so April the 6th, 7th, and 8th will be our AI school there at the Hill Farm. Um, and actually, you can correct me. I believe that class is full for this go round. Normally, we keep us a pretty good waiting list running. Uh, so if folks mix, miss one class, we add them to a waiting list, and they're the first ones uh, that have an opportunity to, uh, to register for the next class um so I'm, that, I'm gonna uh, jump
1: in jason go ahead yeah it's a, it's actually not full yet um okay so, well as of two days ago it was not full um so if y'all are interested in it go ahead and get with us and we'll double check with lee and, and see if we can get in but uh, jason was just talking so about the wait list when okay. i cut them off
0: yeah do what kylie
1: i was saying at least get them on a waiting
0: list yeah exactly yeah
2: how many do okay. y'all have in class
0: Twenty
1: is all we can handle. Um, well, I take the back. Usually, we do about fifteen producers, um, and if we if we have more producers, we'll take them. But we also try to save a few spots um, for Louisiana Tech students um, in animal science. And there's a way there's a wait list for students too. Uh, we do give priority to the producers, um, but we have been able to get uh, students into it as well.
2: It just kind of surprises me that it's still that big a demand or that popular, you know, as long as it's been around AI, you know, I, I would have, I would have just assumed anybody, majority of the folks would have already got some training.
3: Well, RL, uh, I think it, I think it has a lot to do with proximity to classes where they could get trained. There's just uh, yeah. in terms of a producer uh, oriented Uh, type class you can go and you can take some um, some classes that are much more aggressive much more detailed but those classes are more designed for folks that have the interest to go out and do this for a fee Um, and what we're doing is we're trying to educate producers on doing this on their own herds Uh, not going out and doing it for a fee on other people's cattle just just something that they can incorporate as a management practice in their own herd i think it's great jason it just
2: i reckon as old as i am as long as i've been doing or or done it until i cut to where i physically couldn't anymore uh, you know it just i it just blows my mind that it was still that many folks that you had them
3: on a waiting list to get in every year yes sir it's uh uh, we've thoroughly enjoyed it we've made a lot of good contacts around the state i mean we don't limit it to just producers in north louisiana uh we open it up statewide and and we'll take folks from where they want to come i think uh actually i think last year we had one that drove in all the way from alabama for the class wow that
1: That is
2: yes good i'm glad y'all doing that uh because it is definitely a need and, and, and definitely some advantages to, you know, AI and just even if nothing else, just the palpation part.
1: Yeah, we end up. It's funny, too, because we'll end up with, um, I think, at least one person in each class um, that knows how to AI, but they just haven't done it in so long. But they come back just for uh, a refresher in it which I understand I mean if you don't use it you you definitely kind of forget exactly you know what you just said the palpation portion of it
3: yeah um, yeah well uh, I guess wrapping up I guess wrapping up the uh, the master cattleman or cattleman classes the the organized or formal classes of so dr. Edwards and her new role as state specialist has also uh, assumed duties of coordinating our advanced master cattlemen so We took the Master Cattleman program and we we made it like a like a 400 level college course um, where we we expand on some of the information in the Master Cattleman program and uh, turn that into an advance. It's not 10 weeks. uh, It's uh, um, we just do try to do one class a month and uh, we've got a series of of topics that uh, that all of us as Master Cattleman coordinators set down. and uh, and identified which ones we thought were the most important ones to offer some more technical um, um, training in, and we we host those on an experiment station uh, because we do some hands-on activities along with that, um, all the way from live animal um, uh, practices to sprayer, actual going out and calibrating sprayers and that kind of thing. Uh, so it offers a, a, a hands-on component that the master cattleman uh, class does not offer.
2: Very good. Very good. Uh,
3: kind of let's move on to some other topics
2: here, Jason. Uh, some things we kind of thought about. Uh, I've been out of the livestock side now for about the last 15 years, so I'm having to try to catch back up. Uh, some things I was thinking about if we're coming out of you know fall, I mean out of, excuse me, out of the winter headed into the spring, you know, folks getting ready for a spring breeding season, uh, like a BSE exam or some nutritional programs or, or, you know, just some general herd management they need to be aware of or what they need to be doing as they're preparing for a spring breeding season.
3: So, uh, and RL is absolutely correct. There's folks that are getting a uh, bull turnout on their mind uh, for spring breeding. Uh, by, by technicality, in terms of uh, just time of year, we would hope that they would have already conducted those breeding soundness exams. That gives them another 35 or 45 days uh, that if one does not pass, uh, it gives them a little time to uh, uh, to hold that bull and then perform another test. But as, as Dr. Edwards said in our news update the other day that um, and there's no time that's a bad time to do that I mean if you if you have not done that yet um, um, get it done and you can do it I I think she put it the other day you could do it the day before you turn them out Uh, you just need to understand that uh, whenever you do get those results back if you do have a bull that has a problem uh, then then you need to get that addressed pretty quickly so that breeding soundness exam just uh, put some verifications uh, on that bull that he is uh, technically um, able to get cows bred. So they look at semen morphology, motility, um, and that veterinarian. It has to be done by a veterinarian. Uh, they they can give you some some assurances that uh, that that bull is able to go out there and get cows bred. Um, in terms of uh, cattle coming out of the winter months and going into the spring, so um, rye grass this year has been an issue for just about everybody. Uh, extremely dry this summer. Everywhere I went, all over northeast Louisiana. Uh, in in February, folks were talking about some of that old black land over there cracking open like it does in the summertime. Yes, uh, we were in a burn <laughs> ban in February yeah and uh folks talking about doing field work in february that they'd never even dreamed to do in, in yeah. february so and that stretched all the way over here to us in the hills i mean extremely dry um we caught some very untimely very cold air about the time that some of that rye grass was really starting to tiller out um and and the I'm not a forage agronomist or a plant scientist by any means but I do understand plants well enough that you get that kind of cold air on those plants at that particular point in time and it will definitely do some damage. And we saw that this year. I mean, our ryegrass production just has not been where we really need it to be. Um, Folks that uh, in January, December, January thought, man, they're going to carry over some hay into the next year. Uh, are scrambling looking for hay right now, just because our our cool season forages, that ryegrass, has not produced the way we need it to, uh, and right now is the time we need that. Um, and most of those folks uh, try to calculate their hay needs uh, to get them through mid February, um, and that's typically whenever we start thinking about really getting out there and, and getting some good uh, good grazing off of that ryegrass, and this year it just has not happened. Um, a lot of it right now needs fertilizer. Uh, I don't think I've got to tell your audience what fertilizer prices are doing at all, uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, that's, that's something that's weighing on um, cattle producers' minds right now, uh, not only because of they need to get some fertilizer out on some cool seasons right now, Uh, but also moving forward into the summer months and what are we going to do about uh, about fertilization of our hay fields um, once we start getting into that uh, that summer green up Um, and what I've been telling folks that I think it's going to look like is a drought year Uh, we may we may go into the spring and start getting some rain but we may still look like a drought just because we're not producing the amount of forages that we we do uh, on a normal basis and that's not because of drought, but because we're not fertilizing the way that we should. So we know that that nitrogen uh, application is directly proportional to yield. So uh, anytime we start backing off on that, we we can expect that we're going to get some decreased yields. Jason, do you expect
2: because of the fertilizer cost that what? what fertilizer money they have they're going to put it toward hay production and not summer grazing
3: yes absolutely um and they yes and then the short answer yes and the the saving grace of a lot of the producers that i deal with right here in north central louisiana is we do have broiler litter Um, y'all are familiar with that product Mm. we've got a lot of it right here That'll be the saving grace of those folks that have it. Uh, and they're not going to be, some of those folks are not going to be moving as much as what they normally would because, I and mean, we try to do a little bit better job of getting a complete fertilizer out on our hay fields. Uh, so most of that is commercial fertilizer, um, uh, liquid fertilizers over here have gotten very popular over the last few years. Um, and, and we, we, divert most of our poultry litter onto the grazing fields uh, but this year I mean, there's going to be more that's going to be applied across the board grazing and hay fields just because of the cost of commercial fertilizer exactly exactly and we're we're looking
2: at the same thing in the row crops trying to, everybody's trying to figure out where can i cut without hurting me where can yeah. i you know trying yeah to figure y'all, out the y'all
3: know the, the the snake oils are coming out of the woods right now too. I oh. mean, everybody's trying to trying to find a way to save a buck, and the snake oils are rolling. So, yeah. um, and yeah. just uh, and we encouraged our folks the other night or the other day in our news update to uh, and if if something sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Uh, so just do your due diligence and educate yourself about those products before you use them. Yes, sir.
2: Yes. If you sir. want to use them, just use a little bit. To see, just to see if it works. Don't spin the farm. You know, Dennis and I tell them all the time. You know, if you treat the whole field, how do you know whether that product was any good or not, or if it was a benefit to you? You got to put a reference strip out there to check the good against the the or the
3: known against the unknowns, or however. That's uh, right that's no different than what we do when we do demonstration plots we all exactly. whenever we do demo plots we all leave a check in there you got to have some way to do some verification so you leave that check in there just to, to check yourself
2: yeah right. jason i probably told you this story before but before i came to work for the ag center i was in in the farm supply business and down in the southwest mississippi hill country and the hardest problem we had was getting folks to understand why they needed lime on a pasture And what we would do was we would go and put one spreader truck load of lime in in their field and they didn't know where it was at. Nobody knew but the truck driver. And if, and within three months, if they couldn't, if they could tell me where that lime was at, they paid me for it. And then we we would start liming their whole place or what they could afford. And I never lost a bit, I never lost a load of lime. Them kettle would tell them exactly to the line where the lime was mm-hmm. put out at. Uh, that was that check strip.
3: Absolutely, we got into the discussion the other night at our master Cattleman class about if you, um, if you done your soil test and your uh, your field says or your soil test says that a field needs lime, do you do you go ahead and lime or do you hold that money and put out fertilizer? So we pulled. That old Jay Stevens chart back up that shows shows what uh, what pH and has the effect on nutrient availability mm-hmm. of the plant. We pulled that up and says, this right here is the telltale. And if if you're down there in five or less, spend the money on the lime before you go spend the money on the on the fertilizer. You're right. right. I've seen it many many a time.
2: All right, I want to shift gears and go back to where we were at a little bit on that. Uh, on the BSC and, you know, and just herd management. Uh, I used to, when I was fooling with some livestock and all that, Jason, we always, you know, kettle going to get a little thinner on you, not necessarily poor, but a little thinner on you coming out of the winter, especially if they got calves on them. You start getting them ready for breeding. We always wanted to try to put ours on an uphill nutritional plane, not fat, but just uphill nutritional plane before we went into a breeding season. Is that still kind of a, a thought?
3: Yes sir, absolutely. So, uh positive plane of growth is what the uh, what the uh, the term is and Okay. Uh, that's another that's another one of those things that we're missing our ryegrass on right now cuz a lot <laughs> exactly. of these folks that are getting ready to turn out bulls, you can normally turn them turn those cows out on that good lush uh, ryegrass uh, uh and you can turn them, out or turn them around on on some good lush ryegrass pretty quick, and it gets those cows to cycling again on a regular basis. Exactly. Um, and uh, it, it, uh, it's a common practice, but yes. So just to educate everybody real quick, body condition scores on a mature cow herd, we're trying to keep on a five. So body condition scores are on a scale of one to nine, one being very thin, nine being obese. Uh, So, we're trying to get our our mature cow herd in a body condition score of five. If we've got replacement heifers, body condition score of six. Uh, We've got a body condition scoring chart. Uh, If you go to LSU Ag Center, Dodge, or back forward slash livestock or beef cattle, I'm not for sure which one it is, but we do have a body condition scoring chart on there that you can look at. we encourage folks to utilize your neighbor or somebody else to do your body condition scoring with you, and you take an average of your two scores. Um, and RL, you would probably be harder on your cattle than I would be, so it's a good mix if you have somebody that, that does those scores with you. Uh, do right. those scores every time you run cattle through a working facility. If you're going to be bringing cattle up to, uh, to give vaccines or deworming, do a body condition score, record it. Uh, if you're not going to record it, don't waste your time doing body condition scores because then you don't have anything to compare it to the next time you do a score. Um, okay. Record that number down by either brand or ear tag, however you've got your cattle identified. Um, but every time you move those to a working facility, go ahead and perform a body condition score on them. Um, and a worse or um, the absolute necessity in terms of time of year to conduct those body condition scores um, is about 60 to 90 days uh, prior to calving season. And that's um and that's, uh, um, and that's, that's a, or I say or I say 60 to 90 days prior to breeding season. Uh, that way you know that uh, if you need some, if you need some extra weight on them, uh, you've got time to do that before, uh, before you get them bred. Um, You can continue to work on that plane of growth, that positive plane of growth during the breeding season as well, but we don't want to get too carried away with providing a whole lot of nutrition uh, to those cattle once we get into second and third trimester. Um, And Dr Edwards might want to talk a little bit about fetal programming and and where that plays into the mix, Uh, but uh, that may get way too deep into the woods. But yes, we. we, we talk a lot in our nutrition programs about body condition scores and the, the importance of using those and how effective they can be um, to maintain good general health in our beef cattle herds. A lot of times we, we can improve the beef cattle, the, the health of our beef cattle overall if we just do a better job of managing nutrition. Exactly, exactly. Uh,
2: I got one quick thing before we wrap up. If y'all, one of y'all, want to address it, oh, going back to this BSE, you know, for, for preparing for spring breeding, what about vaccinations? What do we need to be looking at?
3: Ashley, you want to tackle that, or you want me to? <laughs> so the
1: the easiest. The best way to do it is to work with, with your vet, um, get your local vet out there to have a a full program vaccination and herd health program set up because there are different ones that you can get. Um, but yes, you do. I guess the the easy and the take home is there are pre, pre-breeding vaccinations that you want to do. Um, we definitely emphasize the vet part because it gets kind of, we get questions on it all the time about, do you want to use a modified live or a killed? And. Um, you know, what to do for your heifers versus your cows. Um, and so the, and Jason, can, Jason can come in and, in a minute and, and add his, his take on it too. But get the vaccines in and get them done. Um, he mentioned fetal programming a while ago and I could keep y'all on here for hours being a, a big nerd and talking about fetal programming because I love it. But when it comes to the nutrition and the health and these vaccines, um, essentially, the environment that that cow is in impacts the genetics of that calf long term. Um, and so if you do not feed your cow right throughout pregnancy or gestation, um, if you don't take care of them in terms of health, you're, you're changing. You're not changing the DNA code, but you're changing how those genes are expressed and you will see poor calf performance. Um, they can they can hit the ground healthy. At a healthy birth weight, but you're impacting their performance through weaning or through um, puberty or through the feedlot phase, whatever it is, you're impacting their their performance long term. And so, uh, we just encourage you to work get you know get a hold of one of us um, to help you get a program put together. Visit with your vet to get your vaccination program put together. I will say I've talked to several people actually today. Uh, my phone's been going off the hook today that people are having problems with cavy and with our calves, and it's been a lot of different random problems, um, but I think, and I've talked to a couple of vets that are kind of leaning towards this way, too, that this past year, um, with just hurricane season, and then this winter's been a little bit different for us, um, it's been drier, and we feel like just, I guess, overall, maybe a little bit colder, even though we didn't have a strong cold snap like we did last year, it's just been different, and I feel like Um, I don't have any scientific hard data on this, but I, I feel like just this year is an off year, um, because of, of what's happened to those cows while they've been pregnant with these calves. And we're seeing difficulties at calving. We're seeing low calf vigor in some cases, and it's just kind of a hodgepodge. So, uh, I just say that to emphasize the, I always say, control what you can control the management part that you can get the herd health program down, get the the nutrition down and, um, I'll, let, I'll turn it over to Jason if you have anything to add to
3: that. Yeah, I guess I would just offer some minimums. I mean, yes, Dr. Edwards is absolutely correct. And you've got to work with your veterinarian, uh, develop a herd health program, an overall herd health program. Uh, but as a bare minimum on those cows and bulls, IBR, BBD, PI3, uh, Lefto, vibrio, um, and those are... Those would be some of the very basics uh, uh, for that uh, that cow herd, that breeding age cow herd, and those bulls that are uh, that are out there. Uh, and the calves, and a lot of that is going to be dependent upon what your marketing goals are for those calves. Um, and and at a at a bare minimum, uh, give them a black leg uh, in terms of the calves. Um, and. <laughs> RL, you know, for years growing up, uh, we never even thought about giving uh giving a grown cow a black leg shot. But uh we've got we got folks now that are uh that are utilizing black leg shots in their mature cow herd just because 'cause they've had some issues flare up. But uh Wow that but be a little, Yeah, yeah. Well I mean that's uh that's that's blown up here in, in the last decade just in terms of
0: Y'all touched on that uh, at Field Day, didn't y'all?
3: We did. Yeah, Doctor Brantley touched on it. Sure did. Mm-hmm. But uh, those would be just some bare minimums in terms of what you need to do. Um, and uh, we get a lot of questions about uh, uh, deworming protocols. Uh, I cannot stress enough with you how much that is important to work with a veterinarian. Um, and if, if, if nutrition is adequate or above adequate, uh, you may not. I mean, you may not ever even know that you've got a worm problem. But if you ever get into a decreased plane of nutrition, then those parasites, those internal parasites, are going to be first to reel their head. So uh, they can uh, they can show up real quick if you get on a negative plane of growth. Um, and so, but a lot of times, if you're if you're understocked on your acreage and you've got. Um, um, you've got all the nutrition that they need. A lot of times you may not ever even know that you've got an internal parasite problem, uh, but work with your veterinarian on that. They can help you develop those protocols and get your time in a year uh, because of the diversity of uh, the demographics that, that this is probably going out to. You've got f- some folks that may be in the heels that don't have to worry about liver flukes a whole lot. you got some folks that may have some uh, areas that stand in water a good bit they need to be worried about liver flukes. so just just work with your veterinarian on that one
2: okay all right well we've been at this close to an hour now <laughs> <laughs> and it's been a lot of good information uh jason and dr ashley we thank you all for that uh we we'll go ahead and wrap this up Yeah. before and, we
0: close i want to mention one thing if you okay. um dr wink allison is coming to catahoula to give a forage talk and that's going to be at the uh, Catahoula Parish Library on the thirteenth of April. I think it's at ten o'clock in the morning. Um, if you're listening to this and you're interested in that, reach out to me, and I'll and I'll get you the uh, information to get so that you could be there. Um, but that's only a event that I can think of that okay. would relate to them. So. Yeah, one uh,
2: thing I would say that uh, anybody listening to this that would like to get a hold to Jason or or Ashley, uh, just give Kylie myself, Dennis, any one of us that y'all are used to listening to a call, we can definitely get you hooked up with them instead of trying to go through and give, give you all that information today where you may or may not have a way to write it down. Just give Kylie a call in mm-hmm. Concordia Parish, RL, myself a call in Madison Parish or Dennis a call
3: in uh, Tensile Parish, and we can get you hooked up with them. Yeah, and this It'll is a long way off. this is this is a long way out, RL, but I uh, would like to just mention this because some of these folks may have been attending the Northeast Beef and Forge Field Day that we have held each year over at Goldmine sure. Plantation. So we are changing venues this year. We're keeping the same time of year, but we're gonna change venues. Uh, so on September the fifteenth, we're gonna be moving to J and S Cattle and uh, Morehouse Parish. Um, oh, okay. that they'll be hosting this year for us. Um, have been visiting with Jeff a little bit and, uh, he's, uh, uh, he's excited about hosting. We've already got some ideas in mind. So, um, just wanted to get that on everybody's, um, everybody's mind. We're not, uh, we're not going back down towards gold mine. We're going to move north a little bit. And that's my goal is we're going to try to start rotating this thing around the region a little bit better than we have in the past. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Well, Jason, Ashley,
2: we thank you.
0: Yes, you are invited uh, back Any Anytime. anytime.
2: If, if y'all Thank have y'all, something, we
0: appreciate
2: it. All right, and if y'all have something you think we need to know, just call us or call Kylie or one of us, tell us so we can put it you know, put an announcement out for you on our podcast.
1: We'll take lower corn prices if y'all give them to us.
2: <laughs> well,
1: well we i tell you that. what, I'll
2: trade, you a, I'll trade you a little lower corn prices for some fertilizer right now.
0: Really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh. All right, Bye. y'all. We appreciate y'all joining us. Thanks again. All right.
2: Thank
3: y'all. Thank you.
0: The Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast is produced by the LSU Ag Center Extension Service. For more information, visit the lsuagcenter.com or contact your local extension office.